Coming to you raw and uncut. Uncut. Streaming around the world. Around the world. From the wilds of British Columbia, Canada. Considered one of the industry's top players by the biggest tech companies on the planet. Your go-to source for e-commerce supremacy. And your host of e-commerce all-stars, Brendan Moskwa. Oh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Yes, that's right. Hit that subscribe button right now to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, make sure you also head over to my website, nadimo.com, N-A-D-I-M-O.com, for some excellent resources, guides, webinars, you name it. It's there for you for free. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, thanks for joining today's show with your host Brandon Mosco, of course. And today I'm excited. We have Philip Rivers on the line. He's the CEO of Tetra Marketing. Uh, he's going to talk to us today about the unsung hero of e-commerce, and we'll we'll let you know what that is here in a minute. Thanks for joining us today, Phil. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Pleasure to be here. Well, I thought you know, with a name like Philip Rivers, it's just such a catchy name. I had to have you on the show. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. No, you reached out to me. You had a had a show idea, unsung hero of e-commerce, which actually caught my attention. Just the uh, the title of that. Um, but before we get into that, I'd like it if you could kind of give people a little bit background, more background on yourself, uh, what got you started, and and led you on the path you're on, and then we'll just jump right into what is the unsung hero of e-commerce and why. Cool, man. I'll try not to reveal that in in the bio. Um, I, uh, so I've been in e-com for like 15 years. Uh, it started out back in those days, there was no Shopify, no Facebook ads, no Klaviyo, none of the cool stuff that we kind of take for granted now. Um, so back then what I was doing was, uh, Nike dunks were very popular shoe at the time. And we were, I I had t-shirts designed up that coincided with the releases of these shoes. And so then what I would do is I would go into obscure message boards to sell these shirts to sneakerheads, And over time, just started to kind of build an audience of folks that I knew would, would want this, and I would transact in PayPal. And then, obviously, the industry has matured quite a bit since then with platforms, etc. And so it transitioned from being sort of like a gray hat, gorilla approach to selling stuff online to getting more legit with actual storefronts and driving traffic and um, just really kind of maturing in terms of how to run a business. So that's how I got started. Um, since then I've had some successful e-com stores that made a lot of money, sold a couple and others that crashed and burn and did, did everything went wrong that you could uh, possibly imagine. Um, but that's kind of just the way it goes. So now here we are, um, at the, at the moment, uh, my main focus is really empowering, uh, founder CEOs or their, or their marketing teams, um, to own and operate their own channel, which is their list their audience. And that's kind of is a decent segue into what the unsung hero of email is, but I won't go any farther, Brandon. I'll kind of let you take it from here and ask me any questions or um, take the steering wheel. Okay. Well, no, that's good background. I kind of always find that there's always something I can relate to. And uh, when you're talking about going on message boards and, you know, building your, your audience that way, it's kind of interesting because Theoretically speaking, that's always a good way to do it still, not necessarily the message board, so to speak, but, you know, in social media and all the advancements there, as well as various, uh, various, you know, 
uh, boards and types, those types of things to help, you know, build your, your network and that sort of thing. Um, and I mean, I always laugh because way back when, before even message boards were about, it was the bulletin board system where you dial up into a specific bulletin board. Um, I'm talking before the internet was even around. Um, so you'd have, you know, your local IT company would have a little bulletin board and you could just dial in with their modem, dial into your, their line and then start posting stuff in there and that kind of, um, and that even predates me, man. I'm sure the youngsters listening to this are going to be like, what is this guy talking about? That's exactly what they're going to be doing. Who is this guy <laughs> and how old is he, man? He was alive before the internet. In fact, he was, am I on the right show? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I do have some gray hair, but, you know, I, I do have young, young kids at uh, two and four, two and five. So I'm not going to give away anything else. Anyway, um, so just to jump right into it then, Phil. Why don't you kind of tell everybody what you see as the unsung hero e-commerce is, and and we'll just why don't you just jump right into that, why that is and that sort of thing. Yeah, man, and you know, so and I'll preface it by, by saying it's not sexy, it's nope. not fast, but it's tried and true, and when when done the right way, it pays dividends time and time and time again in perpetuity. And so the unsung hero is email, mm -hmm. specifically building an audience nurturing that audience throughout the various stages of the customer lifecycle, you know, whatever that means for the underlying business, nurturing them to conversion. And then from there, how do you build deeper relationships to manufacture subsequent purchases where that's where a lot of profitability is sort of hiding beneath the surface for a lot of businesses that don't realize it. And it's, there's a lot of untapped potential in their audience in terms of the unconverted folks and people that have purchased from them at once or twice. Um, to purchase you know more times down the road well yeah and i'm just going to elaborate on that one little piece there that you mentioned is is getting you know building that list selling to that list and then reselling to that list um, that's one of your biggest profit makers in any business as a whole is your existing customers um, it's the easiest you've already sold to them so they're the easiest person for you to sell to again um, if you succeeded in that first transaction and you met their expectations and made them happy. Um, and so, you know, it, it takes away the hunting and you go back to what they call farming, I think it is, where you're going after your existing clientele. Now, you said if done correctly, because I've seen, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm be honest. Um, I've been on the fence about email marketing for years. Um, in fact, there is a podcast out there somewhere where I was on the, on the show, and I think I knocked email um, in a discussion with someone else about it. Uh, because, I mean, it has to be done correctly. Um, and that's one of the things that many people don't do. Um, but I'd like to hear what some of your thoughts are on how to do it correctly and, and, and that sort of thing as well. Um, just because, to be honest, I've seen... I've seen emails where, you know, you get on, you know, you're on this list and people are sending you stuff three times a day. Um, I mean, I'm not, that's uh, Grant Cardone. He's one of the biggest names in sales out there, but he's emailing you three times a day and hammering you hard. And then you get other people who say, oh, once a week. Um, and there's all kinds of stats that show that email is a profitable way to go. I mean, I can pull stats from an email that was sent to me today that just, you know, just reinforces what you're saying here. 
get into that because then we're just going to pull the, pull all the attention away from you and listen to statistics, and that's not what I want to do on the show today. But I guess my whole question for you is what in the world of e-commerce, because that's where you're, you know, that's where you're grown up in, so to speak. What are some of those key success factors? If it starts with even with building your list or what, but I guess that's my kind of my overall question is what are those key success factors to making email work so successfully? Yeah, that's a good question, Brandon. I think that, you know, first and foremost, where the most common misstep that I see people take is when it comes to strategy. And most people don't have one or they just kind of piecemeal one together, not knowing how to do it or how to do it effectively. And so what you're left with or what a lot of people have sort of the kind of preconceived notion that you have about email not working, quote unquote, um, but especially through the lens of their own firsthand ex experience running it themselves for whatever they're selling, whatever their business is. And so I think getting the strategy right is the first domino and the most important one, because that's really like the foundation of the marketing channel for email is, is, is strategy. Right? It's really hard to build on top of a foundation that's built on quicksand or non-existent. It's just, it's not going to last very long. It's not going to work very well uh, if the foundation isn't solid first and foremost. And what I mean by that specifically, man, is like, how are you thinking about and how effectively are you capturing leads from all the paid or organic traffic that's coming to your site? That's, this, that's one thing that not many people think about or track very well. So how, how, how well is, is that? Uh, are leads being captured? Number two is what flows are needed to communicate with your audience throughout the various stages of the customer lifecycle. Really, these flows act as like your 24-7 automated sales force, and they get triggered based on attributes or behaviors of the underlying audience um, that they take or do not take. And then the other piece of it, or the other leg is campaigns, right? What, to your point about Grant Cardone sending three times a day or sending once a day, there's a million different opinions on what's right and what's wrong. But from my experience, it, I think it, I always come back to how do you communicate with the audience in a manner in which that like provides them value, but also gives them sales offers where you're not beating them over the head with buy something all the time. And so there's a lot of ways to slice and dice an audience to get creative in terms of segmentation and get very sophisticated around campaigns. But if we just distill it all down to keep it simple and something like bite-sized and tangible that the listeners can kind of think through and sink their teeth into a little bit, it's just like, if you were gonna send four emails a month, one a week, how do yep. you structure or, or how do you communicate value to them? And when are you gonna make offers to buy whatever it is you're selling? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's all campaigns are. It's, it's quite simple. But when I think about email being sort of the unsung hero and people missing the mark on getting it set up the right way so it runs effectively, it's those three things. Lead generation, flows, and campaigns. That's interesting. So I guess there's a few questions that come to mind. Um, I mean, well, one is how do you go about doing your lead gen? I mean, there's multiple ways of doing that on the site and those types of things. I mean, everywhere from give a person a coupon code if they sign up for their email address to, uh, you know, various giveaways or just a newsletter. Um, 
I mean, what have you found the most success to be in in that sector? Or are you talking so, more in regards to like Facebook ads and those types of things? Yeah, so I'm talking about, I guess, to clarify, I'm talking about on-site email lead generation, not not yeah. paid campaigns to dedicated landing pages for a giveaway or something like that. Right. But very specifically, like all there's paid and organic traffic already coming to your site, yep. whatever you're selling. So how do you put something in front of these people that came there on any given day? More often than not, the majority of people that on your site on any day are not going to purchase. So it behooves you to capture as many emails as you can to be able to follow up. Right. Right. And so as the example you laid out, Brandon, just like, you know, a discount offer, like 10% off your first purchase for e-com is low hanging fruit and it's easy to do and it's easy to test. So for a lot of people, that's where I, that's where I recommend starting because it's easy to get started and momentum is your best friend. No need to complicate it at the outset. Um, but those those kind of discount offers, they do a really good job at capturing leads and they do a really good job of, uh, of converting first time customers. That's and then over time, you can get more sophisticated with pop ups yeah. and inf information you're capturing. But yeah. For simplicity's sake, so we don't go down a rabbit hole that's too deep. That's yeah. a, that's a fine place to start for ninety nine percent of people. Yeah, no, exactly, and and that's kind of you know that's what I like about that is we're just trying to keep it simple right now. Like, I mean, you can get overly complicated with, with with everything, and if you're not even really necessarily doing the basics yet, then you absolutely need to start simple because you can you can go down a rabbit hole yourself, and then you end up with a situation where you never pull a trigger on anything. Uh, analysis paralysis or whatever you want to call it um, and so yeah I mean that's a great way that sounds like a great way to start I mean because then you're like you said you start capturing those leads and then all of a sudden you, you you're starting to generate some momentum and like you said momentum is your friend I think that's important because it's just like sales you know you get your first sale and you get excited and then you get more excited as you get the second one and the same thing happens with email you start building that list and you see success with it and you just keep going and keep it keeps you motivated if nothing else and and your personal momentum level is increased um that's just my thoughts on that um what about the flows you said uh flows i'd like to hear more about your thoughts on those well yeah man i on on the flow side it's like you know you're capturing leads in one way shape or form and you need to have a system in place to follow up with people based on where they are in the customer life cycle respectively right so if someone just gave you their email you should there should be flows in place to sort of begin to communicate with them provide them value information begin to evangelize them so there's a little bit of a deeper connection as they progress through that initial flow than they had when they gave you their email in the first place and all that all that the flows are doing is really talking to people where they're at to bring information to the forefront that we know uh, they have questions about or are thinking about throughout the buying journey. So someone that just met you, your brand, and they give you their email, that's a good opportunity to tell, to tell your brand story, for example. Some of the stuff that you make and offer it for sale or not, not sale as discount, but make offers in terms of what you're positioning in front of them uh, for them to buy. But then as people advance down uh the funnel if you will you know if someone adds to cart and they abandon which is again the majority of the traffic on any given site is going to do that what 
triggered or flow messaging do you have in place to follow up with them to try and get them back to recover that cart and get them across the finish line to conversion? Right. So I All think right. that- I just want I to touch that, on one point that you said yeah, there, which was that the uh, abandoned cart is, you know, your large amount of your traffic is going to do that. Um, just so people know, I mean, that those abandoned cart numbers change regularly, but they are still consistently around the 68 to 72 percent range um, I mean whether yours is 50 percent or 80 percent that's kind of irrelevant the, the point there still is even if it's 50 percent that's a large amount of people that you could capture in some way try and capture and, and get back in touch with them um, I would like to ask your thoughts I would like to ask your thoughts on one thing, though. Sorry, I had some background noise going on there. I don't no, you're good. It up. Um, but anyway, what your thoughts are on capturing that uh, those card abandonments? Um, well, yeah. Let's let's. What do you mean? Well, I mean, in many cases, you can capture an email address on that card abandonment, but typically that only happens if one they've signed up for an account, or in the second case that They've, they've started that transaction process and it's a multi-page checkout process. Um, and I mean, I've had a number of customers that have a single page checkout. Uh, so they enter all the fields, but that email address can't be captured until they hit the buy button. Um, so in some cases we're switching clients back to a multi-page checkout uh, methodology so that you're capturing that email address in case they do abandon the cart when they go to put in their 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 uh, credit card details, you have a you have an email captured. But uh, I guess my thoughts there are: Do you have any other methodologies or thought processes or or tools that are out there that you use specifically to capture those abandoned cart abandonment? <clears throat> yeah. So I think taking one step back, this is why it's so important to capture leads on the site when hmm. when traffic is coming you, if you think about it brandon yep. if your conversion rate is five percent which is on the higher end of the spectrum for any e-com store yeah right so that means 95 percent of the traffic doesn't buy on any given day but exactly. if you're if you're capturing leads you should be capturing anywhere from five to ten percent of that traffic that doesn't buy and over time that compounds that you can build a, a pretty sizable audience just fundamentally doing the little things like that over time right. and so to, your, to to get to your point or to answer your question is if you've if you're good about capturing leads on the front end and then you have flows and campaigns in place that are communicating with people getting them back to the site mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time until someone adds to card and abandons but the kind of the problem that you're talking about about not capturing their email at or capturing it at various stages of the checkout process if they're already in your database that email or that abandoned cart can trigger and send to them yeah. So that's one of the benefits of being smart around, around lead gen and building the audience is that as they advance, you, you have the control to trigger messaging based on their behaviors or lack thereof and not wait until they're at the finish line and ultimately check out. And if they haven't given you the email at that point, you're kind of SOL. That actually makes perfect sense. And that's a great, great point for all those people out there listening. Um, and I think that's like just adds that extra level of, of uh, essentialness or whatever the word I'm looking for is to getting those emails captured. Um, and like you said, if you're capturing 
people, five to 10% of email, like of traffic's email addresses. Um, those, every email translates into a dollar value uh, in some form or fashion. Um, and even if you're making a sale to 1% of those emails, um, you're increasing your, your sales rates, right? So, yep. Um, and I think the other intangible that you, that has been mentioned is that once someone opts in, they're on your list. You, in a sense, own the modality of communication, meaning you're not beholden to paying for to get in front of them. Yeah. Or you're not reliant on an algorithm like on just organic social to get in front of them. Right. right. So you're in complete control over what you send to whom and when you send it. And you don't have to, you're not, you're not charged a toll every time. Right. So that's the other kind of intangible that people overlook is just like the control of the audience and having 100% share of voice when they're consuming your email, mm -hmm. right? Like on social, there's distractions, the newsfeed, there couldn't be anything more distracting ever invented. But when someone's reading your email, whether they're on the toilet or at a red light or whatever it may be, they can't consume any other message, but what you sent them. And that's very rare. No, that's very true. Um, and even if they delete it, to be quite honest with you, like you said, you don't have any kind of transaction fee or any fee there to pay for having them get your email. Um, now, there is a philosophy out there that is, you know, if they're on my list and they're not buying, then they're not, they're not, that, then they might as well get off. So I don't really care. I'm going to email them as many times as possible. Um, now, there's two sides to that. I understand that if they're not purchasing, then fine. But in the same vein, um, I think that could be detrimental to you in many cases. Um, but what are your thoughts? I think that, you know, the way that I look at it is your audience is the most sacred thing that you have, whether they're leads or customers. And so I always like to approach it being very sort of thoughtful and considerate of who's on the list because they've essentially raised their hand and told me that they want to be there. And so I, I value that pretty strongly. Right. And so I think that, at, but at a certain point, if people aren't engaging with your emails, they're not active on site in a, a, you know, a period of time that makes sense for the underlying business and you continue to send to them at a certain point, you're not adding, adding any value to them and they're not adding any value to you. Right. So then it's like, what's the point? So I think that, by and large, it's it's just it's kind of important to think through like at, at wh where do we draw the line in terms of this person is unengaged with uh, with our brand or or what we're selling. They're not on our site, even even from pay channels or whatever. Mm -hmm. And at some point, what time are we will at what point do we like cut you loose and be like, OK, you want to be here at one point, but clearly you don't anymore. And you remove them from the list just because you don't want to be annoying to them mm -hmm. either. Yep. So that's kind of how I think about it is it's circumstantial business to business case by case. Um, but that's how I like to approach kind of treating the audience overall. At the end of the day, they're people too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's very important as well. Um, I mean, you basically rep your email that are going out represents the business approach that you have. And it also has to represent your potential clientele, right? So if you're, you know, you're reaching out and you're trying to uh, engage in, in a conversation or get people to your site in one of many ways, 
you have to do that in the same, you have to speak to them on their level. Um, and I don't necessarily like that term that I just used, but it kind of reiterates the point that it's a kind of a two-way communication, so to speak. I mean, yes, you're pushing your communication to them, but they're the ones who are receiving it and reading it and deciding whether or not they're going to take action on that. And so if you're annoying them, that's not going to help. Or if you're not in front of them enough, but you have, but when you are, you're offering them great value, they're going to want more of it. And so it's kind of, where do you find that fine line? Like you said, it's a case by case basis. I do. I truly believe that to be the case as well. Um, the one thing, the one point to add to that, Brandon, is like, you know, the one thing that our best friend in all of this is data, the metrics. Yeah. Right. And so if you're sending consistently, then you have engagement metrics, open and click rate, and you have revenue metrics, which is the lag indicator that tells you that the messaging you're sending is resonating with people. Right. And so that's that's the place where a lot of people kind of miss overlook and they don't look at in black and white. What are the numbers telling me that the audience is liking or not liking? Right. And that tells you the whole story. If you're if you're the engagement's low, there's an audience. Uh, something is up with the audience, like it's not a fit, or the the message wasn't right for for that audience. Mm -hmm. Something to look into, but at least you know where to look. If the click rates are low, it could be an audience thing. It could be contents of the email or the offer thing. And if it's not driving revenue, then there might be a, a problem on site with the page, but it also just might be an audience issue, meaning mm -hmm. the people that are on the list or in that segment aren't aren't buyers. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, the data is there to help help you guide your decision making and your, you know, your learning, so to speak, because you have to make some just there is a lot of A-B testing, trial and error, however you want to word it, um, that's going to go into every bit of marketing that you do. Um, and there's a lot of data to back up these pieces. But in the same sense, I also find that the data can lead you in it can lead you down a rabbit hole as well. But we'll stay away from that topic and we'll talk about the very point that you made there, which is, you know, it can lead to, well, it's, it's either this or this. So it gets you closer to an answer instead of just sending out an email and never knowing. You know, you get, if you look at, and to me, and maybe you can elaborate or touch on any of these points because, uh, I mean, you're the, you're the expert in the email side of things. But to me, when I look at it, I look at, okay, what's the email open rate? Of that, what's the click-through rate? So they clicked on that, they went to the site, um, and then what's that sale rate? Um, and then that tells me how successful it was as a whole. Um, okay, we sent out this campaign, and the second campaign we sent out, we saw a significant difference in the open rate. Well, that's going to tell me one thing or two things or a couple of different things. It all depends. To me, it it always indicates potentially starting with the subject heading did that catch their eye or what have you and then leads you down to the next thing which is what was the click-through rate did that content that was in that email resonate with them if it did they probably clicked on it um, or maybe it's the format of your of that specific email you sent and then third when they did click did they buy um, and those types of things and that's just my very rudimentary overview on email campaigns and how to the quick assessment quick and dirty assessment as to whether or not it worked um, but do you have any further 
insights on that at all? Well, I think, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of the engagement metrics and the revenue metrics, what to look for. There's metrics that kind of lie beneath the surface that are important to look at too, but at a high level, those are the, those are the key components for anyone, for, like first and foremost. I think that the one thing that I'll add is that you mentioned this a couple of minutes ago, but it's really easy to overcomplicate this channel because it seems like there's a lot of moving parts and a lot to keep a lot of spinning plates to keep track of. But I think that like for sending campaigns, for example, if you just keep it very simple at the outset and look at what are the engagement metrics, meaning the open and the click and what are how many people buy, like what is that percentage and how much revenue does it drive? Just look at those kind of key indicators at the outset. And that can tell you a majority of the story. And you don't have to worry about the like the nuances of spam or unsubscribes uh, too much at the outset. Because again, if it's alarming, you'll you'll know that it's a high number. And again, that's circumstantial based on the business. Um, but it's a lot of times people worry about things that are sort of out of sequence or don't matter too much at that point in time. And so I think it's really important to have constraints around kind of what you're looking at and what you're trying to do at any given time, considering that it's easy to get out of control and try and do too much at once. Right. But if you keep your vision limited, then it becomes something that's digestible, relatively easy to do, and you could be consistent with it. And then ultimately going back to where we started, get momentum. And then that breeds success long-term. Right on. No, that all makes perfect sense. Uh, and I'm glad how you, you just pulled that right back to, well, let's keep it simple, uh, not overcomplicate things. Uh, which I have a tendency to do, but in the same vein, um, I mean, we're talking about one of the one of the oldest forms of marketing of digital marketing, email. Um, tried and true, it works. It works consistently, has for years and years and years. Um, and there's, I mean, and if you keep it simple, I mean, just you know, there are methods now that make it a little bit easier to measure. And so just keeping that simple as well. Um, you've talked about point three being campaigns. Now, I've, I, we may have already jumped into that, and, and, uh, but I wasn't sure if there was something else you wanted to add in regards to campaigns. Yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit. I think, you know, a lot of people that I talk to, Brandon, they have a hard time sending campaigns consistently. And I think ultimately that comes, uh, or from what people have told me, that comes from a fear around coming up with what to send, meaning they have no strategy or framework for coming up with what to send and when and to who. And the other thing is that that people have a fear of writing. Like they're not copywriters, they're afraid that they're gonna say the wrong thing or it's not gonna be perfect and it's not gonna resonate with people and they're not gonna buy. Mm -hmm. And so to that, again, not to keep it overly simple, but momentum, is, is your best friend. And once you do it a couple times and you get the feedback loop of people opening, clicking and buying, and that happens, you know, if you're consistent with sending, then that happens again and again and again. Those, feed lo those feedback loops like a dopamine hit. And then you're gonna want to lean into it a little bit more and do it. But, so it's so important around kind of the uncertainty and ambiguity around campaigns Again, we, we, as you admittedly, you just said this too, I, I, I suffer from this as well, or I'm guilty of it, is that we have a tendency to overcomplicate stuff and we want it to be perfect before we do anything. And so for campaigns, I think it's really important just, again, to keep it simple and 
that's why I always urge people if they're just kind of getting started, they have a business, they have product market fit, they've been neglecting email, but they know it's something that they should be doing. And they haven't because they're fearful of doing the wrong thing and don't know how to write. To address the writing piece, first and foremost, I would say write like you're talking to your friend at a coffee shop or a stranger at a coffee shop or a bar mm-hmm. about let's if you had a promo about you're releasing a new shoe, you're not going to talk robotically to this person next to you at the bar where you're having a beer. You're just going to yeah. talk like they're a human. And that's how, by and large, you should talk in, in your emails because it ultimately it's your voice or your brand voice that's coming through communicating with these people. So write it as if you're just talking to a, to a friend or telling someone about your brand that you're passionate about, first and foremost. And two, in terms of knowing what to send and when, look, it's simple, right? You need to send a combination of value or information that's helpful to them and offers something to buy. And if you just simply put that on, if you look at a calendar, any given month, there's four weeks or four weeks and change, and you're sending one email a week, two of those should be value, two should be offers. It's it's overly simplified, but if you start there and you start to do that for two months, you'll see some data, opens, clicks, revenue, and then presumably your you'll have your appetite will be um, a little bit more uh, amplified to to lean into this and figure it out once you start to see how it's working once you once you've done it. But overcoming those fears, it's all between their ears. It's all mental. Just yeah. like, again, going back to the beginning, it's just like all about starting and momentum. Yeah, no, it's very true. You have to. You're going to get more success by doing something, even if you're doing it wrong, than you are by not doing anything at all. Um, so I would always encourage people, you know, if you wanted to write this this blog post, just write it. Um, you know, okay, the grammar may not be the best. Well, I'll bet you if you go to some of the, the you know, some of the best of the best out there, uh, as far as marketers or just people who have a blog, their writing isn't 100% grammar proof. Um, okay, sure, you get professional copywriters, that's a different story, but you're talking about a very small niche of people out there who are professional writers, um, and, and they, that's what they excel in. So, I mean, you just, you just have to get it out there. Um, you just gotta get it out. And I get emails from, I subscribe to so many emails, Brandon, just because I'm like a I'm nerd out on this stuff, but I get emails all the time that have grammar mistakes and spelling mistakes from some of the biggest brands in the world. I got one yeah. yesterday from Nike that had a grammar and a spelling mistake in the same email. Yeah. So they make mistakes too. You know, it's just like at the end of the day, <laughs> the email lives. I consumed it. I, I buy or I don't buy. And then based on whatever their content calendar is, I'm getting something else from them. Yeah. But I'm not, not ever going to buy Nike again because they made a grammar mistake. <laughs> I could care no. less. I mean, there might be the odd person that may not, but well, okay, sorry. We, we can't solve for outliers though. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's one, like what, 1% of your list are, are grammar freaks and if they see an error, they're not gonna buy from you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> everyone, everyone makes mistakes, so. Yeah, there's also gonna is. be, there's gonna be that 1% who's gonna buy from you because of that grammar mistake and they can relate to it. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's like you said, those can't count for outliers. So anyway, that's awesome. You've given us so much value on this show. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, this can be one of my value pieces of content that goes out this week. Um, but anyway, uh, I want to thank you so much. There's two things I want to ask you. One is 
if you can get let people know how they can reach you or get a hold of you if they wanted to get some, you know, pick your brain or, or get some more information on what it is you do. And then secondly, we're going to end it with any final words of wisdom. But uh, if you can just throw out your contact details that uh, you want to share with everybody, social media, otherwise, that'd be great. Awesome. And yeah, so you can find me. My website is gotetra.co. So G-O-T-E-T-R-A.co. Um, you, can, you can hit me up on there. I'm on Facebook, just Philip Rivers with two L's um, or Phil at gotetra.co via email. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me online and I, words of wisdom, I think not to beat a dead horse, but it's just start and momentum is your best friend. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show today, Philip Rivers. Um, I had to say that full name cause I think it's just so, so cool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, appreciate your time and, uh, all your insights. And I think it's been excellent knowledge drop for everybody. Likewise, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And I hope everyone walks away with something helpful and tangible that they can use. Is your site failing to produce the numbers you need? Sign up now for my free training seminar at nadimo.com slash free. That's N-A-D-I-M-O dot com slash free. And I'll teach you everything you need to know to be a success in e-commerce.